Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot of soccer fans, including myself for that matter, have a tendency to take the game way too seriously. Now, in fairness, it does take up a lot of our time, whether that be watching games or critiquing games or, you know, talking about games on social media. You know, soccer takes up so much time and it really is an integral part of so many of our lives. But it would be pretty smart to understand that there is a comedic side to the game and that could be intentional. You know, we see a lot of clubs put together little little funny bits or it could be unintentional, things we see on the field that, you know, just kind of transpire and make us laugh. So part of the movement to make the game embrace its more comedic side comes from Christian Polanco, who is a member of the Cooligans podcast. Now, Christian started out as a stand-up comedian, but since he does have a passion for the game, it was easy for him to start up a podcast and, you know, embrace the comedic side of the game. So, eventually he got intertwined with NYCFC, and now his podcast, The Cooligans, is a TV show on Fubo TV. So today we're going to circle back to a conversation I had with Christian Polanco not too long ago, just to get to know his career and get to know a funny man, you know, trying to make the game embrace its lighter side. So we're going to throw it over to Christian now, and we're going to talk about how he got into the game, especially starting out as a stand-up comedian, which differs from most of the soccer media out there. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation, and thanks for listening. You know, I always feel... I have a very severe like imposter syndrome. You, you call me a member of the media, but I am a, I am a stand-up comedian by trade. And then I got into uh, the, the soccer business do, with, with a, a podcast that's now a TV show. And uh, so this is always, these always feel weird when I, when I speak to the appropriate soccer, uh, you know, Illuminati such as yourself, Kyle. Yeah, you talk about it. You're a stand-up comedian. How do you go from that role to being a soccer podcaster? Right. It became out of simply uh, FIFA, playing the video game, obsessed, getting obsessed with the sport. Uh, always had a bunch of friends that were really into it. I used to go to games, the whole thing, kind of like everybody else. But I, I focused on stand-up comedy for the, the majority of, of like my career. And then, uh, you know, NYCFC started in 2015 i was like hey uh, a new team let me go uh, support and and i was already a, a comic for a couple of years i was going to games with my co-host alexis guerreros who's also a stand-up comic uh and we were like hey we should start a soccer podcast nobody comedians don't really talk about soccer and boom i'm on your show so being a stand-up comic how do you how do you get into that is it something that growing up you were like that's what I want to be? Or is it more something that you realized you're a funny guy, kept on practicing, and you just kind of took it from there? I would say uh, I was obsessed with stand-up comedy uh, as a teenager. And then in college, I was like, yeah, I think I, I would kind of want to do this. I used to write down jokes and, and said to myself, like, one day I'll one day I'll do this, but I was in college for computer science and that was my main focus. I ended up working in IT for a couple of years. Uh, and 
No one ever said, hey, you should do stand up comedy. But I was uh, clever and funny and I always try to make uh, people laugh. I have an older brother who's eight years older than me. And like my only goal was to make him and his friends laugh. So I always felt like if I could make uh, the adults laugh, maybe there's there's like some opportunity for me to do this. And then uh, once I actually did stand up comedy on stage in front of a crowd and I heard a laugh and I was able to like control that kind of response from an audience, I was like, I'm doing this forever. So I, I haven't looked back since. It's funny, you're a stand-up comic. I'm actually in a fantasy football league where the punishment for coming in last place is to do a five-minute stand-up routine. So I got to ask you, do you have any recommendations or tips? Because right now I'm in second-to-last place and my team is pretty bad. <laughs> okay, you know what, Kyle? I, I'm, I say this <laughs> With, with all the love in the world, I hope you lose. Okay, there it is. Yep, you're not the only one. This will be uh, a, a really good thing. I always say everybody should try stand-up comedy once because it, it, it humbles you very, very quickly. Uh, and you learn, uh, you learn things about yourself. So, I mean, we can do a whole other video. I, I would say more than anything, it's, it's uh, you know, not to worry about failing. That's kind of the, you know, whenever you first try stand-up, you just got to do uh, what you think is funny and the audience will let you know if it is not. And, gotcha. and, and but, but, but part of that is kind of exciting of like walk, walking that tightrope. So don't worry about failing. It's not, it's not about doing well. Usually when people do stand-up comedy for the first time, the audience does not expect you to succeed. So they're, they're pleasantly surprised when they hear something funny. So uh, there's nothing to lose. Gotcha. I want to also talk to you about the Cooligans podcast. When did that start and how has it grown over the years? Started, um, the, the podcast itself probably started, I, it was, I believe, August of 2015. So a couple of months after NYCFC uh, start, be, be, began their inaugural season. Um, it started out of a, you know, I had already been doing comedy about like six years, five, six years, Alexis as well. And we were like kind of just in a place where in this holding pattern of like, yeah, we're, we're performing, we're getting opportunities here and there, whether it's like doing commercials, uh, small acting roles, and, and we're, we're just trying to kind of make sense of what, our, what we want our lives to be. And we started a soccer podcast out of like, let's just try this. We, we enjoy the sport. We, we didn't go into it expecting anything in return. Um, and the more we did it, we started realizing that um, soccer audiences like to laugh as well. And that um, soccer, the, the general soccer media or soccer entertainment media was, you know, in our opinion, not super funny, or at least the, the, the comedy world didn't really offer anything to the, the soccer world, the American soccer world. And uh, we started with like little videos. We would we did like um, like man on the street stuff after like NYCFC games and interviewing fans. And that was like fun. But it was also like a lot of fans were like really drunk. And it's like then it's also so weird. Uh, so we we were like we we need to do a podcast. Alexis and I had both originally done our own individual podcast and uh, those ended. And then we were like, let's just do something together. We'll just make jokes about soccer. And people started gravitating to it. So little by little, um, people started hearing about us. Uh, and then we started traveling and going to different like markets and meeting supporters of different teams. And uh, and it, it's been a it's been a really cool experience getting to um, 
it, where it, where it's all, almost like given us this sense of purpose where yeah it's fun to travel and and make jokes and 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 make people laugh around the country but there's also a, a feeling of we we get to give back to the game that's sort of that's given so much to us uh and that's kind of what we've been doing and and in the last uh, two years in, in 2019, the podcast became a TV show on Fubo TV. And ever since uh, then, I mean, that's been a dream come true. The fact that we can actually make money doing this <laughs> where that wasn't the case beforehand. So it, it's been a sort of a life changing thing that's kind of changed, changed the trajectory of what we thought we were going to do in comedy. And, and the idea now is like we're where we've honed uh, and we're continuing to hone our comedy skills to deliver that to the soccer world. And that's been fulfilling within itself. Yeah. When you first started the podcast in 2015, was there ever any thought that you were going to be able to go to Europe and cover these games or at least go to the games in person? Not, not at all. I mean, it was a, it was a dream. Uh, um, but the, the cool thing about the fact that we've gotten to do this and sort of do it on our own terms. Like, yeah, we're, we're on Fubo TV, but really we, it's, it's still our show and we get to kind of, we have a lot of creative control uh, over it as well. And the fact that there's the, the, the option to simply like we, yeah, we went to Paris and we went to London um, to, to go watch uh, uh, Lionel Messi play his first home game for, for PSG. And that was out of, we, we sort of surprised everybody. And that was out of, but the fact that we were even able to do that is wild. Uh, so we, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the plan by any means, but now it's, it's sort of become like, all right, what can, you know, you, you see popular comedy podcasts all the time, um, whether it's, you know, the, the, uh, you know, Joe Rogan or, or, or flagrant two, or there, there's so many comedy, bang, bang, literally everything. Uh, so for, for, from our perspective, we're like, well, what can we, how do we make the, the soccer world uh, and the comedy world like vibe a little bit more? Uh, and, and that's, that's really our, our only kind of like goal and purpose at the moment. Yeah. I already kind of talked about it. Got that TV show with Fubo. Can you kind of talk about what that is? Is it just a a video stream of the podcast or are there other things you guys do on it? It's mostly uh, like uh, they, they essentially are the, sort of got bought the video rights to our podcast. So it's the visual version of our podcast, but we get to do a little bit. Um, uh, I would say before the, the like pandemic began, we were kind of traveling a bit. We would do uh, interviews uh, at, at like different, events like we did an, um, an interview at the uh, MLS 25th anniversary um, right before the pandemic began we got to interview like David Beckham and a couple other people uh, Greg Berhalter um, you know when we when we would travel to games uh, like we, we filmed a sketch with Fang from the Philadelphia Union so uh, the, the show is generally the video version of our podcast but there's visual elements to the show that are a little bit different and, and that's been that's been fun too, because we, then, you know, we, we've also learned to, uh, you know, work on a TV show. Like there is a, there's a production team. There are, you know, six, seven people in our ear kind of giving us a little bit of direction whenever we need it. Uh, so it's, it's a one doing just simply doing a podcast is fun and very, very loose, but the having the structure of doing a tele a, a soccer television show kind of, allowed us to learn the, 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 you know, whether it's like 
the terms that people use on, on television, whether it's, uh, you know, so th there's almost like if, if, if we were doing something for like ESPN or CBS or something like that, like we would be comfortable doing that because we, we're getting that experience now. Before we get into the actual items, I just want to be able to have the audience get to know you a little bit more. You already mentioned your work with NYCFC, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're also an Everton supporter? That is correct, yeah. How does, uh, how does that start up? That was, honestly, I, I didn't have uh, a Premier League team that I supported. So when we started the show, I, I, when we started the show in 2015, it was because, like, sort of NYCFC brought us together and, and kind of inspired that idea. And we always say, like, the, the Cooligans wouldn't exist if it wasn't for NYCFC. That's absolutely true. Uh, and at the time, I was just picking a, a Premier League team. I didn't really watch the Premier League regularly. I would catch games here and there um i, I was honestly i i went to i i watched more mls matches than i ever did anything else i'm i would watch you know the uh champions league finals here and there big big games world cups but i was really not into uh european football and then we had i had to make a decision tim howard was on uh everton at the time he was already crushing it with uh, with the U.S. men's national team. It felt like a rational choice. I didn't want to just simply pick based on, you know, I didn't want to. The normal big six teams. Yeah, yeah. Either a bandwagon type of thing or I just wanted the connection to be somewhat um, genuine and not me simply looking for success or glory. Right. Alexis is a is an Arsenal supporter. He was like, oh, you got to support Arsenal. And I'm glad I did not. What a nightmare <laughs> that's been those last couple of years. Uh, but the uh, it, it's been it was an interesting choice. And, and I, I was just in London and it was the first time I was there and I got to tell people that I'm an Everton supporter. And most in the U.S., I'll tell uh, people I'm an Everton fan. They're like, oh, OK, you know, uh, they, they, they can wrap their heads around it. Mm -hmm. In London, everybody was like, you're an Everton supporter. Why are you an Everton supporter? Like literally just uh, more con more of a concern than anything mm -hmm. else. Um, but I, I got to attend my first uh, Everton match in England. Uh, it was an away match. They were playing QPR, but I got to be there for that. And it, it, the Ever Everton supporters have been so kind and welcoming and and have shown so much love that I'm like, I, I've met so many awesome people that are attached to the club that I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm so happy I made this decision. Uh, NYCFC, I, I always say like is, I, I used to go to games. I used to watch soccer in the US. I used to go to like Metro Stars games and, and, and some Red Bull games here and there. And, and sometimes a lot of people ask me like, why, why weren't you a Red Bull supporter? And I wasn't a Red Bull supporter simply because I didn't know about the, the, the soccer culture of like supporting a team. I had nobody introduced me to it. I, I used to see like the supporter section. I didn't, I was like, well, I don't know what those people are doing. They seem to be louder than everybody else, but cool. Good for them. And I, I would go to a game and I would leave and I hadn't, I felt no connection to the club. Then NYCFC starts. I see the, the, you know, from the beginning, uh, the, the foundation, the supporter culture grow. And so I have this, this is uh, the, the, the 2015 uh, kit uh, for NYCFC, uh, but it is autographed but by uh, several of the players. It's hard to see right here, but uh, it's like RJ Allen, Tommy McNamara, a couple of them. But one of them, one of the autographs here is Patrick Vieira, uh, <laughs> who was the head coach of NYCFC. And he, uh, he autographed it for me at a, 
at an event like uh, NYCFC used to hold these um, kind of like Q and A's at bars around the city. And uh, this was must have been in 2016, 2017. And I walked up to Patrick Vieira, asked him for an autograph. After he signed it, I said, hey, Patrick, we have a podcast. I would love for you to do the show. Mm-hmm. And, and, it was, and it felt surreal that I'm asking this Arsenal Invincible to do my podcast. I, was, I, I almost felt he was going to be insulted. Um, and he, he, he laughed and then said, uh, oh, you have to talk to um, the, the, the media person from NYCFC. And then the media person from NYCFC was like, you do not ask Patrick Vieira to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's funny now because now we work for NYCFC and I've interviewed the head coach, the current head coach of, of NYCFC, which is Ronnie Dyla. But it just shows where we came from, where I was shooting my shot and just hoping that, that you know, I could have a, a more of a connection with the club or get players on the podcast or coaches and stuff like that. And now I went from being, you know, overstepping a line where the, the media person was like, what are you doing? To now they're like, please, Christian, we need you to interview the, the coach of NYCFC. So I, I've, we've come a long way. Any soft spot for Crystal Palace? I know Patrick Vieira is the manager now. I want to see him succeed, man. Uh, I think he was a, a, a great coach. And 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 uh, one of the cool things about uh, supporting an MLS team, uh, and, and I'm sure people feel this with like NWSL, just supporting N- American soccer, is that the, the, the barriers of entry uh, of being able to meet either players or coaches is not really that difficult, right? You can, I, I've met Patrick Vieira several times, shook his hand, talked to him, and you know, like I was in when I went to an Arsenal match at the Emirates and after the game, fans are mad. You can't even, they can't even remotely get close to a player. Mm-hmm. Literally the, the level of the police, the, the, I mean, it just, it's just, it's unsafe for the players to be around, <laughs> to yeah, be yeah. around so many fans. And, and it's completely different in, in the U S and, and that's something I've always been grateful for like that, that we were, it, maybe it's something we take for granted, but we can really Americans can really get, um, uh, you know, close and have conversations with with, uh, you know, some of these top uh, athletes in, in soccer. Do you reckon that's all just because soccer is a, a growing sport? I mean, I don't think we'll get the same kind of access for like an NFL or NBA team here. But since soccer is growing relatively rapidly, do you think that we get a little more access or benefits? It's definitely that, but there, I, I feel like um, soccer fans, they, there is a, a level of, we all understand that the sport is still, we're all still trying to grow the game. And if we, if we were like absolutely nuts and, and cross some line and made some player or coach uncomfortable or something like that, like that would make everybody look bad. And so I think where we are as a soccer country, we're, we, we haven't, brought in the the toxic people just yet there's some but not as many as some of the other countries where where soccer is really the only sport in the in the country well certainly an interesting jersey is it more special to you just because it is the 2015 jersey or is it all the signatures on the back i it's the signatures uh (laughs) but but it's also it's a good kit and a lot of people uh miss that one so Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah but uh so so more than one reason for sure, for sure. And uh, we'll bring out the second item. I saw you had a, a little white box or something like that. Okay, so this is, uh, so it says Bundesliga on it, right? And inside is a uh, a mini 
can take this out. It's a mini trophy. It, it's a mini miniature version of the um, uh, what, what, what's it called? It's one of those words that's impossible to pronounce in German. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's obviously the the, the yeah. championship trophy mm -hmm. for Bundesliga, but it's uh, Do, uh, Deutsch Deutscher Fußball Meister. Oh, okay, that's what it says on there. Yeah. My my German's a little rough. Yeah, I think it's the Meister I I could be way off, but I know what you're talking about. So I got this um, playing in a in a. Uh, a soccer media game in Germany uh, that also Chris from World Soccer Talk uh, was attended this as well. And we played uh, a lot of the media members uh, played and our team won. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best. That, look, like Steve Chirundolo was on the team. He definitely carried a lot of the weight, um, but <laughs> We won, and uh, it was me. I forgot exactly who was on the team. It was me, Taylor Rockwell from Total Soccer Show. Um, uh, there were a couple guys um, from uh, media in, like, Colombia. Uh, it was a, a great, great trip. And, it, and it, this was uh, – so Bundesliga uh, uh, invited us to go to two matches, and we got to go to uh, a match in Dusseldorf and um, – and a match in Frank Frankfurt. So we saw Eintracht Frankfurt take on Bayern Munich and we saw Dusseldorf take on Cologne. And it was, you know, speaking of, you know, you, you had just mentioned traveling, uh, going to, going to London and Paris, but that trip was one of the most fun things I had ever uh, experienced. It was not only did we get to go to Germany uh, and, and learn a little bit about a different country that I had never been to before and learn about like the, 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 the football culture that, that, that's there. Um, but we went with a bunch of friends and, and we got to go with, uh, uh, you know, specifically the, the two uh, host of Total Soccer Show, uh, formerly, obviously, rest in peace, Daryl Grove and Taylor Rockwell. But that was a, a at the time when we had found that. So uh, Daryl Grove, he, had, he passed away uh, from cancer. But when we found out, we were in, we were in D.C. at Audi Field. And when, when I got the email about going to Germany, I, I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way that they're inviting us to go to Germany for free to watch Matt and it's from Bundesliga. No way this is real. And then we get to, <laughs> we we're in DC and I'm talking to Daryl and Taylor and they're like, you got, we got this email about Germany. And they're like, we also got an email about Germany. And we're like, what? Get the hell out of here. And we're like, we're both going to Germany. <laughs> So we we went and uh, and it was the really the last trip that we got to go on with with Daryl and and he you know he was he was not in the best shape but we had so much fun we laughed so much and I I think this is the thing it really felt like um like the Cooligans have something to offer that's a little bit different than just standard journalism which is you know we 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 don't think of ourselves as journalists they're uh, you know, journalists hold themselves to a much higher standard than we do. Um, but the, we, the, the, the fact that we were at, at matches and, and at like hotel bars and joking around and, and sharing stories about, um, 
you know, about like the, you know, what this career is like. I mean, the, I, I think there's a lot of similarities between comedians and, and journalists, especially American soccer journalists, where, um, you know, they always say uh, stand up comedy is the least respected art form. And, and it's also soccer is, what is, is almost like the least respected sport in this country. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, people just trying to prove their, their, that they have something valuable to share and that this is significant and that it's important. And, you know, the, the hanging out with a, a bunch of soccer journalists also feels like comedians hanging out in a green room and, and sharing stories about other gigs and other shows and how terrible this crowd was or whatever. Or, you know, I, I've journalists will say like, Oh, I interviewed uh Burhalter and he gave me a terrible quote or he was really mean to me or asked him a dumb question. And he, and he really like gave it to me. And those stories are so, so fun uh, to hear. Cause you get to laugh about them. Uh, and then, so, so we got to do a lot of that in Germany. It was, it was such a cool, cool trip. The trophy that I won, obviously, you know, some of the, those other journalists that are beneath me and in, in my soccer level, uh, you know, it's, they got to work on their game and that's a whole other story, but getting to go on that trip, uh, really, really meant a lot to, um, continuing to motivate, uh, myself on like, you know, that, that, that there's a sense of purpose in my life of like the, the comedy world and the soccer world have a lot more to, to, to do together. And we're just trying to like, you know, continue uh, to like join those two things. I just want to clarify that trophy only went to the winners, right? No, uh, no participation trophies allowed here. No, I mean, come on. Why don't we, <laughs> uh, you know, generation Z or whatever, get out of here. No. <laughs> what would you say was the best moment of that trip though? Was it the, playing in the match with other journalists or was it being able to go to Bundesliga games and see those environments? Um, I, it's hard to pick one particular thing. I mean, it, it was the, you know, getting to see the, I've already seen, uh, gone to a couple different countries to watch what, like, you know, watch a few games and seeing supporter culture in different countries is, is everybody has like sort of their own identity. Germany is, is very, um, very liberal, very like anti-fascist. There's a lot of political messaging in, in a, a lot of countries do this, but the, the, that was one thing that really, really stood out. The organization when it comes to TIFOs, flares, uh, the, how loud these stadiums uh, can be. The, you know, the, you know, we know, even in Bundesliga, we know, you know, the, like the, 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 the Bayerns and, and Dortmund, those are the ones that people generally focus on. But a lot of these other clubs are intense, man. They, I mean, even in, in Dusseldorf, the, the support was crazy. The, uh, in, in Frankfurt, I mean, it was beautiful. The, 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 the flip, even the away section was intense. The Bayern section, the, that giant, giant banners and flags and flares and like smoke. Where you, I, the, no one can even see the game. There's so much smoke. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, right. it's, um, a, a really cool thing, like where the, I, I like, that's what I liked about Germany, that, that the passion for, for their clubs was so intense, but outside the stadium, you didn't really feel like it was unsafe or, or like something will pop off as opposed to Paris, where after the game, they won, they have plenty of reasons to be happy, but they were playing against Lyon, couple, 
There were a couple fights that broke out. I don't even know who was fighting. I don't know if it was between PSG supporters or not, but there was like riot police and the whole thing. Uh, so in those scenarios, you're like, all right, okay. I, I'm just here for the, a couple a couple soccer matches. I don't know what you guys are here for. So there's a little a, a different level of uh, intensity in certain places, but that part of it was um, was really really cool. In Germany, everybody is um, they're, they're not only passionate about their uh, supporting the club, but that that the you know because of the especially the fifty plus one rule, the you really get a sense that there's a a, a sense of ownership of of what the club represents as well, not simply. The, the players on the pitch or what the what the standings are what, or, or you know how many goals they score it is really not only are we uh trying to win but we're also trying to put out a positive message for from from the club and and that part of it was really really cool did you bring in a third item or is it just those uh those two things today i did so the third item that i was gonna um bring i couldn't find i don't have any more but the uh, this is just kind of uh, in addition to the mm -hmm. Germany stuff. But we we when Daryl Grove passed away, um, we made uh, a a patch um, to. I, I'll send you a photo. But we made a patch to uh, to kind of uh, commemorate him after uh, after his passing, and it it just says uh, hello and welcome, and it, it's in sort of the colors of uh, Wolverhampton, which was the the team he supported, and. Um, when we initially had the idea, we were like, oh, you know, we'll kind of hopefully maybe we can sell like 100 to 200 of these and raise some money for his uh, GoFundMe to obviously um, uh, alleviate the, you know, the, the, the cost uh, of, uh, of his treatment that his family was dealing with. And uh, we, I, I think right now we're, we, we sold about 1500 and raised um, nearly like $7,000 wow. um, for, uh, for his family. And, uh, and I'm mentioning that it is the uh, October 23rd will be one year since his, his passing. And uh, so I, I ran out of them, but I will, I'll send you a photo so you can show them on the screen. Yeah, but is, it, there it also, is, uh, is there like a link or something where people can go to buy one or anything like that? Yes. There's a, there's a couple left. Um, I'll, I will, I will send you that. That for me, you know, uh, Total Soccer Show, I always felt is, is one of the most important shows um, to to for, for American soccer. And, and not only did it does it help a lot of people, uh, but it, it's it, it's been significant for me and, and as friends and 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 having unfortunately lost someone that I didn't even know for so, so long. But in 2018, we went on a uh, on a tour uh, called the World Cup Comedy Tour. Where we we brought Taylor and Daryl to to comedy clubs and we were doing uh, like kind of live podcasts. We were doing stand up. They were interviewing, maybe they would interview some players or do some trivia. And they, for the first time, got to meet their fans. And we saw how much their fans really loved them. And uh, that really bonded us. And then also gave us that kind of that renewed sense of purpose to uh, keep doing what we're doing. So the, uh, I, yeah, I, anytime I get to, uh, drop and and support uh a total soccer show and what daryl did for us uh i'll always take the opportunity to do that so that that's my third thing yeah well said i'll wrap it up with this christian where can people uh find your work whether it be as a comic as the podcast or the things you're doing now with fubo tv where can they find what you're doing right now uh our tv show airs every thursday at 7 p.m eastern time on fubo sports network which you can watch at fubosportsnetwork.com uh if you have the fubo tv app you can 
probably seen our dumb faces. Uh, they are on the screen. And then uh, you can watch the full episodes of the show. They're, they live on YouTube as well. Uh, so the, that's our Football Sports Network YouTube channel. At Soccer Cooligans uh, for anything Cooligans related. And at Chris Polanco on Twitter for anything uh, for you know comedy related and stuff uh, for my personal stuff. I'll well, wrap it up, Christian. I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Kyle, thanks so much. You have a good one. You too. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.